Welcome to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast, where moms from all walks of life share their stories about the obstacles they faced in motherhood. I invite you to join the village to be motivated, inspired, and educated, but most importantly, I want you to know that you're not alone. I am your host, Natasha, so let's get started. Everybody. Welcome back. You are now tuned in to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast, and I am your host, Natasha. So I don't know if y'all heard it or not, but your girl got some new intro music. Yeah. I did it myself. I'm so proud. I did it myself. So when I first started, or when I first decided that I was going to be a podcaster, I started out on GarageBand, but for whatever reason, I couldn't get the hang of it. It didn't work out for me. So I moved to another platform. But um, a few weeks ago, maybe it was probably before the New Year's, I was sitting down on my couch playing on my phone, probably procrastinating from something else I needed to do. And I started messing around on GarageBand. And somehow or another, I came up with these beats. And I was like, oh my God, I like it. So I've always wanted to um, have a different intro sound for my podcast because I use Spotify for podcasters and they only give you a limb. I mean, it's a vast amount, but it's not what I would like. And so I feel like the music that I have created through GarageBand has, it has a little bit of me in it. It has, um, kind of shows my personality. I love music. I love, love, love music. So for me to be able to create my own, uh, podcast intro and interlude, I was like, Oh, okay. Watch out, Missy Elliott and Timberland. I'm coming for your jobs. I'm not. That that I took it too far. Um, but yes, so if you are if you have been listening to me for a while, you will notice that I do have new intro music and I have interludes. And I think um that just comes with me being more comfortable with podcasting. Cause in the beginning I was like, uh no, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. Matter of fact, my sister-in-law sent me a a meme the other day on, uh, I think it was on Facebook. And the meme was like, listening to myself uh, online makes me want to go back and apologize to everybody I talk to. And I was like, girl, if you only knew, because I don't like the sound of my own voice. And I am just now getting to the point where I'm used to hearing myself talk um, on the podcast. And funny enough, you would think that I would listen to it, but I only listen to the like very beginning of my podcast on Spotify just to make sure everything uploaded correctly. But it's just something about me and hearing my own voice. I'm like, mm, nah, I'm good. Anyway, I hope everybody is doing well. We are coming to the end of January. 
I have this feeling that 2024 is going to fly right on by just like 2023 did. So I hope everybody is doing well. Um, I don't know what the weather is like where y'all are at, but here in, um, I like to call it good old South Carolina, um, it's been cold and we not used to that type of weather. I'm talking like 18 degrees type cold at night. We, we not about that life at all. So, um, we are very much looking forward to spring and the warmer weather because we got freezing pipes. We down South, we don't know nothing about that. I know all my Northerners and, um, my wit, my Midwesterners, y'all don't think too much into that, but, uh, I hope everybody is doing well. All in all, I'm okay. I don't know if you listened to my last episode, but uh, I'm in statistics right now and statistics is it's dragging me. It's it's dragging me. And um, I'm really struggling and it frustrates me so much because I'm like, why do I just not get the concepts in the formulas? I don't know. Like this is my second time taking statistics and I'm sure I have some anxiety around taking the class because the first time I failed the class. And unfortunately, statistics is one of those classes I need to graduate. I cannot move on until I have completed statistics. So um, yeah, the stress level is high here. So those of you who are praying for your girl to pass statistics, I thank you. Please keep the prayers coming. This is week four of an eight week course. So just pray for my strength in the Lord. Pray that I hang in there because your girl, she just want to graduate. You know, that that's all I really want to do. So, um, on this week's episode, I have my friend who is also my hairstylist, who is also my prayer warrior, um, Quantisa Smith on the show again. Uh, she was on the show in the beginning, I believe it was episode four and the title of her episode was, um, the single mom entrepreneur where she drops a lot of, you know, lots and lots of gold nuggets about trying to be, you know, a present single mom and run a business at the same time, which if you are an entrepreneur, whether you're a single mom or not, you know that this, uh, this journey is not for the faint of heart. So I have Quantisa back on the show today, and she is discussing what it was like raising a child with learning disabilities, which I think um, this episode could provide a lot of good information for those who have children that have learning disabilities. Uh, This is nothing to be ashamed about. This is a struggle that many people have, and she is just going to tell us how she navigated her way through... um, through this issue or not even issue, but through this challenge. And listen, it can be done because her child is now a junior in college and she's doing very, very well. So um, I will drop Quantisa's handles in the show notes, just in case you want to reach out to her. She is an interior designer here in Columbia, South Carolina, who is um, focused on creating authentic spaces for her clients. And she does an amazing job. So um, with that being said, let's get started with the show. Hey, welcome back to the show, Quantisa. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Tasha? I am good. So what's been going on with you in life? Life in his life. <laughs> life is life, and that's what I'm talking about. That's what is going on. It's just life in. Yeah, how's business? 
Slow, but it's good. Good. That's good. So today I have Quantisa in the studio. She is going to talk about her story about um, raising a child with a learning disability. I know that there are a lot of moms out there that um, have children with learning disabilities, whether it be ADHD or any other type of learning disability. I know how challenging that can be because I also work in childcare, but Quantisa is going to just go through what it was like for her getting a diagnosis, helping her daughter out, who might I add is in college right now and doing well. So Quantisa, the floor is yours. Oh, the floor is mine. Wow. Okay. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to dance a little bit. I'm gonna... Oh, that's part of okay. it. Okay. So um, we're, I'm back on again, and we're talking about um, raising a child with, a, with a, I say, a learning challenge, because that's what it is. It's a learning challenge. So initially, when we um, when she first started school, of course, as a mom, I'm thinking she just rambunctious as most toddlers or um, young children are. And then we got to school when she, I think it was like the second grade, maybe around the second or third grade, we realized that um, her teachers were saying she's just not focusing. She wasn't disrupting the class. She was disrupting herself, which it didn't make sense. How do you disrupt yourself in class? Mm-hmm. So they were giving examples, like if somebody comes through the door, she used to hop up out of her seat and go run and give them a hug. If she's sitting on the left side of the classroom and a pencil falls on the right, she'll go from the left to the right to pick up the pencil. Mm -hmm. She was sitting on her desk, sitting underneath her desk. um, And they were like, "Uh, you need to come check it out. And I was like, this just don't sound right. They was like, but she's not bothering any of the children. I was like, so what's the problem? She's not bothering the children. So what is the problem? And it was like, but it was affecting her learning. Um, It was affecting her learning pretty badly. And so uh, what happened was, I believe at one point when all this was going on, it's just like a pause happened in her brain. It's just like she shut down. Okay. And I'm saying that now, but as we go back over her life from when she was in the second grade all the way up to now, she does have a place where she would shut down when it became overload. So we started, well, they were like, so what we're going to do is we're going to give her, take her to a behavioral coach. I was like, she don't have no behavioral problems. So why are y'all doing that? Why are y'all about to label my child as a verbal child? It was like, mm. no, we just need her to check in with somebody throughout the day. And I was like, I just think I, I didn't agree with that, that method they were trying to do. Because when you say a behavior coach, that means your child is causing behavior issues in the classroom. Okay. And if that wasn't happening, then was a problem it was but it was like but she's not getting any of her work done she's um she's easily distracted she wasn't talking to other people okay she would have her own personal conversations granted she's the only child i'm the only girl i remember having my own personal conversations with me and my Mm -hmm. dolls or just well to this day with me and me yeah so um I did get her tested. I took her to uh, USC here in South in Columbia, South Carolina. They have a um, off-site place where you can take your children to get tested for any um, learning disability, just to see where they're at on the learning scale. So I did that, and I realized she did have some where she was behind when it came to like the basics at that time, second, third. They're really getting into their sight words back then. Now I know that they're probably doing some. I don't know. They're writing. APA um, uh, <laughs> papers, but when she was in school, they were just doing sight words. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was behind a little on her sight words, and then her math skills, um, she was pretty, 
she just wasn't comprehending. That was the biggest thing. What she was reading, she wasn't able to comprehend it. Okay. So that became a major issue. But the school system, the um, the public school system would accept private um, diagnosis. Like if, you, if a parent goes out, it helps in the case they wouldn't accept it. Okay. So they said, well, we got to do our own testing. And I'm, of course, me at that age. I'm like, why? I already got it tested. Y'all, y'all not testing my child. I was on defense mode. I don't even admit, I was very defensive as my, my daughter was growing up until um, I found Christ, like really found Christ. Anyways, side note. But so they tested her. We went through her pediatrician and then they, were, they tested her and did that she had ADHD, which is an attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Okay. And I was just like in denial again. And then, you know, some of her village was like, no, they're labeling her. If you do that, you do that. And I was like, well, y'all just deal with it because I don't want to put on a medication. So we went back and forth about putting on medication. And then what I learned, I didn't realize there's a lot of adults at that. Um, I didn't realize at that time, there's a lot of adults that suffer that that actually take medication for mm-hmm. that. And I did not know that at all. I was just like, wow. And it was like, yeah, I couldn't folks sit at the desk or sit at work all day and just focus. So, and it was like, in order, but in order for us, if she gets that diagnosis, that's when the school systems is really to do extra help for their learning. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, under, I was like, so you're telling me in order for her to get like tutors to the school or um, go to special resources for reading or math, we have to make sure that she has some type of diagnosis in her paperwork. And I was just like, this is just crazy. So I went on and did it uh, relentlessly after a while I did do it. And she did check in. Um, but the check-in was like a place for her to go and breathe. So we set up a plan, which at the time she had a 504 plan, which I realized a 504 plan is a custom plan for each for your child to help them get to the grade or get on the grade level they need to be on Okay. Um, when it comes to reading and math for the understand and come for testing or any type of, um, not just testing, but any type of state testing as well. It helps the 504 plan helps with that, but not as extent as an IEP, but she wasn't to an IEP, which an IEP is an individual education plan. Okay. Um, so she was on a five, 504 plan from, all the way through from elementary into like the seventh grade, uh, yeah, seventh grade in the middle middle school, which is where it became harder. I don't know what it is about middle school for parents that have had children to go through middle school. Y'all know middle school is a different type of beast. Mm-hmm. First of all, we have these young ladies and, and guys dealing with hormones. Then you have them, I'm not a baby no more, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I'm not there yet. But I'm not a baby. <laughs> baby. So we had those issues, and then that's where the struggle really began with her when it came to, like, work, when it came to task. And this rewind, I realized when your child has ADHD, they can, she only could comprehend one task at a time. So I had to learn, I don't know if you remember, your mom be like, make your bed, brush your teeth, this, this, and yeah. give you three things to do. Mm-hmm. With her, I couldn't do those three things. It was... If I say, if I give her three things after the first thing, she'll come back and be like, okay, I've done that. What am I supposed to do now? And she'll keep coming back and check it in. So I had to start where it became, it was frustrating. And I was like, why can't you just get it? But then with everything, when I started learning what she was dealing with and how she comprehended, how she processed things, it was just really the processing. I realized, okay, go make your bed, 
and she'll make her bed and then she'll come back. Okay, now go get dressed. And then she'll come back. Even with the getting dressed and stuff like that, it was kind of it was kind of difficult. Um, but that was just probably how she processed and she learned. But as a parent, I had to adjust to her learning. Okay. Because yes, I can process multiple things and understand why can't my child process multiple things when I'm giving her to learn simple skills. This is not hard. Why can't you do that? When in school, when it's reading, why can't you just see this is what these are? Just repeat after me. And we can say it three times by the fifth time, three, four times by the fifth time. It's like, you're looking like, okay, what is like a deer in headlights? Okay, what are, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. So um, part of her 504 plan was they put a barrier around her when she took tests, meaning that it blocks out with that barrier, even though you can, she's in a room and can hear, but it blocks out all outside visual. Okay. So she couldn't see nothing. So she'll focus right in what's in, for, in front of her because that was a big part of her issue. Was distractions. Okay. Major distractions. Well, to her, they were major. Um, another thing was uh, time, extended time on work. She had extended time on work and then the check-in, check-out um, with her specialist where she went there if she needed extra help with something. So it would take away from the teacher. Okay. But she could go um, to what they consider her check-in and she would check in twice a day in the morning and in the afternoon. Um, but when we got to middle school, those were helping, but then because middle school and their work got a little bit harder, mm-hmm. my biggest issue was um, like what would take one child 30 minutes to do homework. It was taking her like three hours. Wow. So we would be like, she would have, and she was a part of a sports, which we knew with that, you know, it's time where I'm going to take her out of sports, but she also didn't comprehend. And you can, I see a little bit now, even though she's an adult, comprehend if you took something away from her, she thought she was being chastised mm. and would get in trouble. So, and her thing was, it, it was the part where let, let me not take this away because then she would shut down. Okay. And when she shut down her, like her brain would mentally shut down and she, she's not computing anything. She just thinks that then she'll think that she's really in trouble. Things are, are the worst. Things are getting really bad. What did I do? Those type of things will, will come into play. And so we, we, we had to get the state involved um the education this what is it down at the state house where they do the education of the state involved to get her an IEP. Okay. Because they just didn't see why she needed an IEP. Who didn't see why she needed an IEP plan? Okay, so when you when your child has I um ADHD, they they formulate a team. It's the it's you, the parent, the teachers are a part of the team, they have a teacher representative, mm-hmm. they have the counselor also part of the team and whatever special um um, need teacher they have and that becomes the team a lot of times it can be the principal or like in middle school it's the assistant principal or that level principal okay. that they have and that becomes a team and you the team meets annually to review her plan to see what she needs or what she doesn't need how she's doing in grades everything is checked but then the parent can also um, call a meeting at any time during that to make sure that that everything is still in front of the parents see something is not right, then they'll make, they'll be like, okay, we need to make adjustments. Now, of course, her plan was at the end of the year, but I didn't know the teachers. So I always had a meeting at the beginning of the year so we can have, I can meet the teachers mm-hmm. and we have an understanding. Then I'll do a check-in and then we'll have her annual plan. We'll make changes at the end of the year. Okay. And with, honestly, with that being done, I was very present when it came to her education because I knew one, as a mom, even though I did want to homeschool, I'm not the homeschooling mom. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm I'm advocate for homeschooling. I actually should have homeschooled now that I know a lot more because all the research I've done, but I researched it a little too late for her because now she was like, nah, I don't want to homeschool. I want to go to whatever yeah. when, when I really presented it to her. But um, I want to make let, her, let them know I was present because one thing that you hear teachers saying that a lot of parents are not present in their yeah. children's education, yeah. um, especially with children with challenges is, you know, hey, it's not on me. If you think there's a lot of children that are suffering when it comes to education and not getting what they need because they're having some type of challenges. Mm-hmm. It might not be major or it may not, they may not be on the spectrum of where it comes to ADHD or ADHD, ADD, or they may on the spectrum of autism or, or um, that. They just may have some challenges in the classroom that they yeah. need extra help. Um which is frustrating one for a child, one from like for my child, when she didn't get something, it it really bothered her. And I'm sitting here like, okay, let's breathe through this thing. But think about it as a 12, 13, 14 year old. And, and when you were in school, how yeah. detrimental things were to you. So that's why they were like, don't take her out of swimming because she was an athlete. Don't take her from the sport she's doing. Allow her to do that, which I saw also gave her discipline, okay. gave her structure. Because children with ADHD need structure. Children with any type of disability, children in general need structure. But children with mm-hmm. a challenge or dis- some type of challenging or dis- um, disability needs structure. Yes. More than you think. And then without that structure, then their their world is just like, I don't know, does A go with B, does B go with C, or mm-hmm. am I A, am I F, am I, you know, it's, everything is just, that's how their brain is computing and processing things. It's just all out of whack. So when we go back to um, the middle school and the advocation and and trying to fight to make sure she got extended work out work time, she got um, chunking her work because we can have a full paper of things to do and then to chunk it like okay. two problems at a time okay because the whole page was, it was she, too much is too overwhelming okay got it. Um, but of course, in the background, as a parent, you're teaching your child, okay, you have this, you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. You can focus, you can tell yourself, I am focused, I, I don't need, because they put her on medication and she took the medication only during school hours, only once. They wanted to up it, that she did it twice. I said, no, y'all don't have to deal with her after it starts wearing off. So they will up it. Um, but she didn't know her plan. I knew her plan, her okay. teacher knew her plan. She didn't learn she had a plan until she was like in the 11th grade, 10th, 11th grade. Why didn't you tell her? Because I didn't want her to use it as a crutch. I know children that know that they have this plan and mm-hmm. they use it. To me, they use it as, for me, when I see them, they use it as a crutch. Okay. Knowing that she has something that you can, a cushion you can fall back on mm-hmm. is better. That's almost like faith. Like we know faith is there. We may not be able to see it, but we can fall back on it. Yeah. We know God is there and he knows our plan. We can fall back on it. We just have to trust that we have the ability to do the things that we can do. Okay. So with her, trust that you can do the buildings. But if you need help, you have it. So it wasn't, okay, Trinity, you this. Because I, there's children that tell, well, I, I have extra time with my work. No, don't use that as your, you have yeah. extra. Because life may not give that to you. Absolutely. So, yes, you may have extended. And then she'll be like, well, mine is due. I said, yeah, you got a little extra time. You got a little extra time. Don't, don't become, when I saw her becoming overwhelmed, then I'll be like, you got a little extra time. But it wasn't time for, because I know I have extra time, I don't have to get right to it. Yeah, yeah. I can take my, I, I don't have to do it right now. I can do it later. No, we're not going to have that mentality. Okay. Let's get our work done. Let's focus on what you have to do. And now 
And then when it came to the projects and stuff, you know, projects maybe do this and she may not at, at some classes, it may be broken down to where instead of her doing the whole project at one time, the teacher may give her the project earlier to give her a lot of time. So it can still okay. be done on the due date. So things like that would help her. Now we did have some, some teachers that pushed against it or you, we know they were pushing against it, but of course they can't. Um, out by law, yeah. push against it because they can lose their job if okay. they go against their IEP. Okay. And so the thing with that was, um, we've had meetings that in it was called to the it was the carpet was pulled from up underneath them, and they were like, okay, so yeah, Trinity's mom was really, um, oops, I mean, say her name, but anyways, <laughs> that girl mama, <laughs> <laughs> she stand on business. <laughs> Yeah, I just learned what that meant. I just learned what that meant the other day too. <laughs> stand on business, right? Gotta stand on that business. Uh, I'm, okay, okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, this, this is back. Bring it back. So those are those were some of the, the things that she really dealt with, and her biggest thing was process. And that was that became a learning challenge for us because you know in school we you process everything in math you process and mm-hmm. reading you process and science you process. I think the only biggest thing that I know. That we, I could see she, history she loves, so that process was easy. Okay. English, um, I think she processed that very well. But with her sports, it helped her in the classroom. Okay. It helped her with struggle, um, structure. It helped her with discipline. It helped her with staying on task. And then going to swim helped also release. Because I've learned with um, with children that have ADHD, they have a lot of built, built, um, pent up. Um, I'm not saying it's not frustration, the energy that they have okay. to release. Okay, they have to release it, yeah. And so uh, they was like, well, people like, well, she's, I should, she's not tired when she finished after three hours of practice. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord. Yeah, that part. Oh, God. I'm, I'm tired of being I'm, in the water. If I was in the water for about 30 minutes, I'm like, all right, it's time to say that. We good. <laughs> but it helped her to exude that energy where she can get back into her books and focus. Okay. That makes sense. So you said that in the beginning you were in denial that something may have been different, off, or wrong with your baby. So I know with me working in childcare right now, we have those those situations. Um, with me being a caregiver, I cannot go to a parent and say, "Hey, I saw this with your child." What I have to do is I have to go and tell my trainer. My trainer comes into the room, he observes the kids, and then he goes and talks to the parent. But we still have a lot of children that have difficulties that their parents just refuse to acknowledge. And that, um, that creates behavior problems in our classroom. Now, your baby didn't disturb anybody else. Some of the kids I got, mm-hmm, they disturb, disturb everybody. So what, what needed to happen for you to get over that that denial part what needed like what changed in you that you were like okay let me look into this just in case it came one with a pediatrician two with um it was uh certain teachers or like the um okay first of all the elementary school she went to loved it it was a family atmosphere you walked in it wasn't you been in, you can go into some elementary schools where you walk in the door, it's like real cold feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not very welcoming. No, yeah, this is very welcoming, and honestly, everybody was on first name basis. Parents, administrative staff, okay. Um, what is it? The the assistant when you come in, and so they they started talking to me and sharing their story. Mm-hmm. 
So the fact that they shared their story and it was like, okay, it's not a bad thing. It's just that means that um, sometimes she just can't focus on one thing or sit in a classroom and be still. It's just a different type of learning style that's needed. But because most schools are traditional learning when it comes to learning, even with, because I looked into private school, well, she started at a private school and then we switched her to a public school. But if your child had, I learned this, if your child has a learning disability or a 504 IEP plan in place, most private schools I know here in South Carolina, where we're located, will not. Um, Don't take them? No. I didn't know they'll that. take they won't they'll the child can come but they will not fall they're not gonna fall the band. Oh, they don't honor the IEP. Okay. And I think also with that they don't also um it's harder for the child to get in. I can see that. With um without them so without them discriminating, they're discriminating. Yeah, that's a form of discrimination, no but matter without, how you chop it up. Yeah, without yeah. them discriminating, they're discriminating. And how they put it, maybe they say that they may not have space for them at the time or um they're not you know just different little things that they're doing or saying or some uh, of some a way that they do it but with that but then I realized as a parent I had to focus more on her you know um at the time I was still in was self-employed and my hours at the time were different than they are now which I spent a lot of hours um in my business then like long hours but then I had to make the choice like okay we got to get her through school so yeah. I need to adjust my time and take into consideration what these are people saying. Turn off my ear to some of the people in the village that are old school, as we would consider, mm-hmm. where they think everybody wants to label a black child in the negative yeah. perspective and, and get her the help that she needed. Yeah. And the biggest thing was when they showed me her grades, because sometimes this is affect all, all children that may have a learning disability or a learning challenge. It may not affect their grades. That was my deciding factor. Mm-hmm. As we did a trial period. If I see her grades come up, then, hey, we did something right. Which was that. I saw her grades come up. Okay. So I was like, okay, this. And they was like, well, when she got, when the work became more, they, that's when they wanted to give her, because she went, she ended up being on meds. They wanted to give her more meds. I said, no. Yeah. Um, But then I had to also monitor her, like, because I didn't do it while she was, on the weekends were showing with me, we didn't do meds. I was like, she's good. But we did do it um, when she was, um, I did one Sunday to watch her. And I saw a, a major difference than how she would normally be. It was just like, she was just, she was just there. She was just kind of. Very mellow, very. Okay. Um very mellow so I don't know what's going on but I couldn't take it because I'm not experiencing all that it wouldn't do me the same yeah you know parents like well I want to take what my child take it I'm gonna take it too and see how it does me it's not the it's same not gonna be the same Absolutely. um now when she went now with the IEP one thing was she took it with her to college okay. not her first semester like I highly recommend it because as college you have to take it to their um special education Okay. facilities you can't it's not gonna just like it doesn't it doesn't follow you not like it does in elementary middle and high and college you have to take it to them and then you have to advocate as the student for yourself if you have one and I tried to tell her that and then after her first semester she was like ma you know I could have stayed in French and if I had problems they would have told me I can take art and got a French grade I was like 
Oh, really? So uh-huh. what you're gonna be painting the Eiffel Tower or what you gonna be spaghetti? What you what you gonna be doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Show, show, show. We're going to ratatouille. Um, what you know, what are, what are you doing? So but she learned after that semester that this will help me get okay. to school and I won't be become overwhelmed. And but I will say I forgot to say she weaned herself off her medicine in the eighth grade. And she weaned it off herself. And her thing was, she I noticed she had stopped taking it. And um, actually, towards the seventh, in the seventh grade, I noticed she started take, stopped taking it. When in eighth grade, she just didn't take it at all. And I was like, okay, as long as you can maintain your grades, you're good. She maintained her grades. But that was me speaking, they say what, um, life and death and the power of tongue. Mm-hmm. That's me speaking life into her. And then she speaking life into her. But we did have some challenges. Um, in that, where she, where she would get frustrated, which was part of stuff with the impulsiveness. And we experienced some of the impulsiveness, um, which for me was scary. Okay. It was very scary. Uh, very scary. Was She wasn't like physically harming herself. Or... Oh, yeah. She, she, had a, okay. um, she had some things where she would just take and just beat her head. Okay. Because she'll get so frustrated, frustrated. Okay. with life. And, just, and I was like, whoa. whoa. Okay. Yeah, we got to stop this. Like right now. Yeah. Like right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, where she would have you know, it's just it became real explosive and you know, we did counseling, which was a waste of my money because the counselor said she sat in there for an hour and wouldn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent. She just wouldn't say nothing to her. And I was like, Trinity, you didn't tell her you got your you know, your permit. She was like, No. Do you think that Trinity just didn't feel comfortable with that counselor? Do you think that maybe if y'all had a different counselor, maybe somebody that she could relate to, she would have opened up more? I think Trinity's the type of child, if she doesn't want to talk to you, she's not going to talk to you. This is a very true statement. And she's going to look at you. And it takes a lot before she warms up to somebody and talks it, to them. It does. It. Yep. I guess you, you can agree to that. You, I love her very much. That's all I got. <laughs> I love her very much. That's it. But she, and then that, no, but one of the things, but then also, you know, I, I believe in prayer because I did pray. One of the things was our bond and she opened, started opening up more to me. And then people see us now and she can't stand it. They will probably mistaken that we are more like sisters than we are mother daughter. It's the, um, becomes our interaction. It becomes, I guess, how we, um, interact with each other. That's how y'all communicate. Yeah, very much so. But she can't stand it. She, if you say that y'all, that's not your sister. She look at she like, no, that is my mother. I came out of her womb over such years ago. I'm like, girl, oh, cut it out. Bring it back, Trin. It's the whole, it's the whole dialogue. Like, and I'm like, that's hey. like so. But she's she's it's and another thing. Like now, she's trying to get into going to basic, and I think like when she put okay pause and let me run this back she took herself off her med meds her sophomore year in college she put herself back on meds because okay. of her workload it just became too much and actually said my i just can't focus my brain is just not tuning in and she could verbalize at that time yes. what was going on yes but before she wasn't verbalizing i was like how do you part. feel she did she couldn't tell me nothing but now she can verbalize what is actually going on when she sits in the classroom or she sits and try to focus on something and she could explain it. So she put herself back on meds. But I would say one thing about the medication that um, read the side effects. Parents mm. read the side effects Absolutely. of what the meds are because they're supposed to help in one area. They will cause issues in, in another, another area. area. And that is where um, 
was a major with the set this medicine medication that the second thing because then when she first initially told me that she was going to basic and I first it wasn't comprehending to me. I was like, but you're in ROTC in college. What do you mean you're going to basic? So, but I could tell on the, on the phone, something was wrong. That's okay. So I made a road trip, you know, moms, mm -hmm. parents, we, yep. we do them road trips. We got to make a road trip. So I did a road trip and, um, I walked into her room. This is another indication that your child could have some type of ADHD, ADHD. It, it was a organized chaos mm. in the room. Okay. And she'd be like, my mom has a touch of OCD. I don't think so. You do. Honest. Anyways. Sorry. I don't know if people can see my eyes rolling, if they're going to be able to see this They're going to be able to see that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. My eyes was rolling. They might look shut, but they were rolling. OCD. Anyways. I don't think so. But I walked into the room and I was just like, oh. And I was like, oh, wait, hold up, hold up, hold on. We going to buy it before this. So, of course, she had to tidy up mm -hmm. because there was no reason for it to look like that. Okay. But that's that's how what we've been doing with the whole, whole time. It could be clean, everything in the room clean, but it's just. Mm -hmm. It's just stuff everywhere. It's just disorganized. Yeah. Past disorganized. Oh, see? I see the frustration. <sighs> bring, bring it back. So, and then. She was explaining it was, and then all of a sudden she had a panic attack. Wow. First time I ever realized she had a panic I mean, and I just did the, I was just like. Was she crying? Was she hyperventilating? Oh, she was crying. She was like really hyperventilating. Oh, and okay. I was just like, so I stopped. I just, yeah. I had first, I had to compute what was all going. I had, yeah. I had to process everything. Like what in the world? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there, and then inside her, felt so, so give her a hug. I gave her a hug, and then realized that wasn't her first time experiencing that. And I was like, well, this is new. But I've heard that college students deal with that. Mm -hmm. I, this is my first time I experienced this part. Now, we've had some other stuff growing up. We went counseling with this part. And so I knew she had got back on her message. I said, Trini, what are this? And then after she calmed down, got her calm, I said, what are the side effects? I said, Google the side effects. She Googled the side effects. Sent them to me. She said, I would not. She said, I'm not taking this no more. Yeah. The side effects was anxiety. It was depression. It was suicidal. And I was like, that's just three of them. And I was, it was, um, well, it could be anorexia. It could be oh. um, some else impulsive. And I was thinking to myself, like, what in the world? Yeah. My first thought was, and I didn't say nothing. She said, she's like, yeah, I'm not taking this no more. And so she took herself back off of it. But my thought with that was you've given them something to help them, but it's causing all these other issues. A lot of medications, not just with um, ADHD or autism or just medications in general. Like I had a medication for my acne called um, isotretinoin. I can't think of what the, like the street name is called for, right? Made my skin look like glass. It was beautiful. However, I had to have a pregnancy test every month. I had to have my liver functions checked every month because the medication could shut my liver down. Suicidal ideations, depression, and anxiety. I was like, I just don't want to have any more pimples. I'm like, well, I, I'd be like, I'm gonna live with these pimples, and if I gotta cover up, that's why they come with some good concealer. Okay, all right, thank I, you. I mean, pimpled, freckled, everything. Look, I'm gonna like, enjoy this, 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 yeah. And so I, um, 
I've struggled with my skin for a long time. So the first round, it's called Accutane. The first round of Accutane I had, I was in the military. Oh, you can't be out in the sun, which is counterintuitive to my job because I was in the army. So I was outside all the time. Right? So um, just recently, I want to say last year, my acne came back. And I was getting really, really frustrated. And my dermatologist was like, well, we could put you on a stronger dose of Accutane. I'm okay. Because uh, it was Accutane. Then I'm going to need some medication because I'm having suicidal ideations. Yeah. I'm, and then, then I'll be on something because I'm stressed or... Yeah. And so I had to tell her. And I was like, hey, um, I've already been on this once. The second thing is I am a survivor of postpartum depression and anxiety. So that means I'm already susceptible to having depression. Mm-hmm. These are the side effects. I've got two kids back at the house. I can't check out. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look for something else. We're going to find a, a different approach to this. We're going to figure all this out, but I'm not doing that. That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Okay. That, yeah, that is crazy. Hey, your skin will be beautiful, but your left leg is going to fall off. What? Like, you're going to be gorgeous. You're going to be able to focus and everything, but then when you go sleep at night, you're going to be seeing, you can be hallucinating. I'm good on that. But um, so you mentioned something about parent involvement. So I recently just joined my daughter's PTO um, at her school because... You didn't do that? No. You didn't do that? Okay. Well, I, I've joined because the school <laughs> the school that we are currently zoned for does not have the greatest ratings, right? And you know my child. I live with baby Einstein, okay? So she is actually in there teaching the class. I don't know what her teacher is doing. But we have an issue with parent engagement. Like, you, I didn't know until recently that we had a truancy law. So, yeah. South Carolina has a truancy law. Yeah, so. I knew that. I'm about to say, yeah. I didn't know that because my child goes to school all the time. So, ma'am, they had a truancy law when we were in school. I did. I go to school all the time. The girl goes to school all the time. I ain't never had them kind of issues. Now we went to the same high school. How you not know that you? Because I went to school every day, <laughs> so we have no issues. Okay. I went to school. Okay. I, okay, I may have not gone to every class, but I did go to school. I graduated. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so. I didn't realize that we had a truancy law. And so that for those who don't know what it is, if your child misses a certain number of days or late a certain or late a certain amount of times, the law gets involved. Okay? And the parents are hold liable. Yeah, the, the parents are actually held accountable. So just the, the other day I got a letter from my or email from my child's school that notices were going out to the parents for children who have like either been super late to school or just haven't been coming. And at the last PTO meeting, they were saying that there are kids that don't show up to school until 930. I'm like 930 in the morning. And so the the principal was saying that all of the like hardcore classes, math and English is done in the morning when the kids are more alert. But if your child is not showing up to school until 9, 930, they've already missed that part. And then when it comes to test time, they are not doing well on the test because they're not here. So with parent involvement, um, you said that you were very involved with Trinity's school and her education, but you also are a business owner. How did you make that work? Because being involved 
with your child's school. Like I didn't get home from PTO meeting until almost seven o'clock last night after I worked all day and then I I worked on my own business. So how did you how did you make that balance with your hours? Because at the time you were a hairstylist and you your hours were a lot longer. So so first I I didn't do PTO. Oh, but I was like the I do, I do yeah I did it because to me. Yeah, anyways, I'm not going to get into that. But I was like, uh, what is it? The parent, classroom parent almost? Mm. Because I would be there. I had time. Like, yes, my hours were longer, but I can, like, Mondays, I can come to the class and sit. I can go to lunch. I can I can do pop-ups. You know, the, they knew I, okay, they knew that if Trinity, I'm going to call your mom, and they don't have to call on Trinity just yeah. like that. Okay. They'd be like, I'm about to call your mom. And there's sometimes they called, and I was like, uh, ma'am. And it, they was like, I don't know what it is. Not just you. I can say I'm a culture and his mom. The whole class just, <laughs> you know. And it wasn't. It wasn't the the discipline. It was just maybe just the look, you know. You when they get, scare all the people to. Hey, y'all gonna act right. Y'all gonna get some act right. And Trina takes my mama. Just give them that look. Just do the look. Even now, she's like, get a kid the look. I don't know what the look did to him, but it it just did something. So, uh, but I I did do was like spend time. I didn't mind popping up. Um, parent teacher conferences. I didn't mind scheduling before the teacher scheduled them. You know, and they were like, Well Tracy Bell, yeah, let me just see, you no, know, talk to me where she's at. You know, Absolutely. what is she doing, how she's doing, that type of thing. Um when it came to her homework, now that's where her grandfather jumped in, but then I Trinity had a tutor ever since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten even she had a tutor even in college. I don't think Trinity not had a tutor never in her um her times of education. One, I knew what I could do mm-hmm. and I knew what I couldn't do. Yeah. And then I understand things cost, but you have to be, as parents, we have to be willing to invest, not just in sports, not just in shoes, not just in clothes, Absolutely. not in just in vacations, but in their education. That's what, that is what's major to me. So part of investing is let's get a tutor for her from areas that I know that she's going to need more help or I don't have the patience to sit down with her. And do that. So that part of the thing is that's part of being active. Yeah. Most people think is being active is oh well my child has the latest this or I might or let me take a picture for the gram because I showed up at you know at at the school lunch or something mm-hmm. or a program. No. What about the times you pop in and just stick your hand? You don't have to go in a class. You stick your hand through your head in the. I don't know if they do allow you to do that now. Like they yeah, did back they then. do. Mm-hmm. Or you just stick your head through the the door. Just look through the door and you can see. But if they don't allow you to do that, that means you're not, to me, this is my thought. I may be wrong if I'm wrong, but this is my opinion, that you're not as active as you think you are. Mm-hmm. If you go up to the school and they're like, well, no, such and such, such, no, you haven't allowed yourself to be known. Or if you have, it hasn't been in the most pleasant way. Yeah. Yeah. So you still have a pleasant, pres- and, and, and my thing is true, Christmas, everybody got gifts. The whole office, front office got a gift, her teachers got gifts. Mm-hmm. And, but that was just part of, you know, us showing, my, to me saying thank you for looking out for my children not only that then i had then you get spies in the in the school yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying hey miss smith did you know such and such no i didn't know that mm-hmm. but then when they tell you that you don't fly off the handle and be like oh no. no you stay calm yeah and there's a time and place for everything back we go back to elementary school and we had a meeting and um because this particular teacher had her in the first grade before we realized what she was going on she was holding that memory of her Mm. to this which i knew 
And I would ask certain questions. Of course, when your child is younger, you ask certain questions. They're going to tell you. They're going to spill the tea. They're going to tell you. They're going to tell it. So I'm asking questions. And not just that. I told you, you have people. You make relationships. Relationship is, is commodity. Key. Yeah. You make relationships with certain people in the thing. And they'll tell you. Teachers, you know, custodial, whatever it is. They'll let you know everything. And the there were two teachers. Tell us, we are following her plan because it was a three-teacher team. We're following her plan, but it was one teacher that wasn't. So I remember this meeting. And I wanted to make sure I was professional and I caught all the boards. So I took my aunt, who's an educator, with me because I told her, I don't want to not be professional. And then I don't want to sound aggressive. Yeah. Because, you know, as a Black mother, Black female, they want to put us aggressive. Mm-hmm. Angry Black woman. So... In that meeting, it was the three teachers, myself, my aunt, Trinity sat in the meeting, and the assistant principal at the time and the counselor were all in her meeting. And the teacher was going on this, and we allowed Trinity to express how she felt because there were some issues going on in the classroom. Okay. So Trinity expressed herself, and I was quiet. Oh, y'all just don't understand, baby. And whoo, you, you ever know that leg starts shaking, and I'm up on the table like, okay. So, and the teacher's taken. So everybody, before I spoke, I said one thing. Before I spoke, and I said, well, can Trinity be excused and go back to the classroom? Because I knew what was about to come next. A child does not need to be yeah. in the room. And yeah. I think that's another issue that yeah. our children, even if they have some type of challenge or non-challenge, children in school, if the parent is sitting there flying off the mouth about a teacher, that child is not going to respect the teacher. Mm-mm. They're going to think it's all right to do the same exact thing. That my mom did, mm-hmm. even though they know you're not the adult. So. Um, she was excusing from then I went in because, and I told her, I said, but sure. I said, I understand. I said, that's how y'all have my number. You know, I don't have an issue coming up here. I said, but you're not following her plan. And according to law, you have to follow her plan. Yeah. And then next to the teacher was getting emotional. And I'm sitting here like, there's no need to be emotional. Now mm-hmm. you do your job. Your job is to teach and follow the plan that's been set in place by the government that we set down. And if there's any other issues, then there's other avenues. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to take what your experience with her when she was in the first grade. When I understand she might have been challenging, but now we know why she was challenging. Mm -hmm. We know why she was acting out. We know what was causing her to do the certain things. What wasn't causing her? Because, you know, your child has, we say, you know, a learning disability. We're talking about a child with ADHD. Parents that deal with children with ADHD, extreme to not extreme. We think about that. We know that she wasn't sitting down in a chair, but she wasn't hitting on a child. She just wasn't focusing in your yeah. classroom. She wasn't, she, something about the class. Cause the first thing is when we said I was in the now, well, what are y'all doing to keep her attention? You know, mm-hmm. you know, that's the first thing a parent thought. What's your fault? But we knew that. So I had that meeting. Sometimes you have to have that meeting. That's part of being active. Let them know, no, you can't tell me my child is not doing this. And I'm not just popping up, you know, at the end of school or at the beginning of the school or, Two or three times a year. No, you know, I'm here weekly. Yeah. I'm not a parent. I'm, I am sticking my head in the door weekly or every two weeks to make sure that every, that she's acting the way she is. And then I am one phone call away. Absolutely. And I always have been one phone call away to this day. And that was her thing. She was trying to be like, please, as long as it's good, don't call my mama. Cause my mama crazy. <laughs> and it's not like I'm a. Throw my neck behind my head and become the exes. No, I am gonna make sure that one. I've always taught my child: as long as you're respectful, yeah, be respectful about it. Yeah. Um. Now, sometimes some things she said, but like, is that really respectful? Yeah. I taught you to speak your mind, but mm-hmm. ooh, but sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. 
when people see this and be calling, you know, people on her because she got parents who be talking about this. But dealing with a child with a learning challenge, or as we're talking about one with ADHD, is challenging for a mother. It is it's very challenging. There's a lot of a lot of tears, a lot of tears shed, a lot of bottled wines drank, mm-hmm. a lot of prayer. You know, it was it was very it was a very stressful ride, but I made it through. So how did we you made it through? Okay. Tears, prayer, wine. But other than that, what else did you do to try to kind of relieve your stress and anxiety around the situation with her learning challenges? Did you have an, another outlet like, or you just work in? Tears, prayer, wine. <laughs> There's got to be something prayer, else. Wine, prayer, tears, wine. Wine, prayer, tears, tears, okay. tears, wine, prayer, God, 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 Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and wine, and tears. So my next question for <laughs> you, get on my nerves so bad. The next, my next question for you is, I know that Trinity does not swim anymore. So what is she doing? To What is her outlet now? I have the slightest idea. Um, Now, her, I know she does a lot with dice. Uh, she's still overcoming the challenges because she's she is a as I call it, an adult. So she's understanding what being an adult is and having to make decisions. Oh, that's ghetto. That's ghetto. But on the way, I've taught her how different little um things that I use with breathing techniques and um I do a lot. Oh, okay, I journal. I did do run. She doesn't do a whole lot of journaling, but we did get to the point where she had to start like write down something okay. to release it. Um. Honestly, I can't tell you what my child is doing. I know she claims she might be working out, but I don't think she does that on a hundred percent basis. Now, I do think she does go swimming from time to time. She just doesn't want to tell anybody because she doesn't want people to think that she's getting back in the water. Okay. Um. So she doesn't want to associate associate her life with swimming. Anymore. Is she done with swimming altogether? Is she done? She's so good at it. That's a question for her to ask. For you to ask her, that has nothing to do with me. I let her make her own decisions. I have become a mom now um, where I see a lot of moms, even at the age I'm at, where moms still want to mother their 40, 30, 40-year-old child. Um, But my prayer was, God, allow me to step back. You know, first, God, I thank you for allowing me to raise her. Mm -hmm. And I pray that I raised her according to your will and your purpose. But God, give me the strength to step back and watch her blossom become the lady, the woman of God that you created her to be. Yeah, that is definitely a struggle for me with Kaya being in the Air Force now. She's a mom of her own, but I still want to be able to be like, yeah, get back here. Don't do that. And I, I realize that she's an adult and I have to be able to let her go. And my husband calls me helicopter mom. Oh, yeah, I'm not that. I only hover a little bit. I ho- I just hover a little. I just need to know. but. Once again, I understand that that is something that I have to let her, I have to let her live her life and experience things, but still be there when she calls. But I, I can't, like, I had an attitude because she hadn't called me in a week. And my husband was like, really? Call her. She always calls me. Call her. What's the problem? This is a P, um, was a PSA? PSA, parents of adult children. If your child has not called you in a week, why get an attitude? Just pick up the phone and call them. 
It's just that simple. Now we're back to our regular schedule um, conversation. My God, you get on my nerves so bad. <laughs> I, just, I mean, that was just so that to me, that is like, why, why catch an attitude with your child? Because you think about it when you were that age. Different. No, it's not. I'm grown now. Yeah. But when you were that age, <laughs> you didn't want, you know, you experienced life. You did things. Did you, you called your mom? If you didn't call your mom, called you or your grandmother called whoever it was a person that was that, that dominant person that raised, that's the conversation y'all had. Yeah. So with, with my daughter, um, I, you know, your child, she's not a convert. She's not a phone person. No. I can send her a text message. Like, um, you know, it'd be nice if you call me or I've called you twice. I don't want to think that you're ignoring me. Oh, I'm so- sorry. That's it. That's the conversation. That's that's the end of the text message. Or if I call now, but she gets to a point now where I used to call her. All I saw was a four. Here up. I didn't see eyes in it, and I was like, ma'am, I'm gonna need you to show me your face. Yeah, I need to look in your face. Let me see what you look like. Yeah. And she looked at me like, what? What do you want? Now, now she's talking a lot more, but it's stages. She may get back to the stage where she'd be like, because I told her I said this, and I and oh, I feel bad after I say this. And I'd be like, Lord, I'm sorry. I should probably shouldn't say this. I said, oh, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. I said, you're going to need me one day, and I'm not going to be here to do nothing. Then what? Oh, my God. Really? Oh, yeah. Guilt trip. Guilt. Guilt. But you talk about me. <laughs> because at that point, this chick, I might not have talked. We might not have talked about a week or two. We go we go some time or I send her a text message. I may call her now. Like, last semester, I was so in my feelings. I was like, I'm not texting her in the morning somewhere. I'm not this. And we went days. And I was like, you know what? Like I said, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. But then I had to get to the prayer. Let me allow her to blossom. And I'm at peace. Most people are like, you don't want to come? I was like, no. I put it in God's hands. Yeah. I can honestly say I put her in the Lord. I gave her back to her to, to the person who gave her mm-hmm. to me, allowed me to raise her for a minute. And if she needs me, I'm there. Yeah. She needs you on there. And then it's like, hey, okay. It is a verse. Um, so how is Trinity doing with her workload at this point? What is she's, she? A, is she a junior this year? She's this is she's a second semester junior. First semester junior. She's finished up her first semester as a junior. So yeah, she's doing a lot better. What this is what I told her: take easy classes, get your grade point average back up. Yep. Yep. Amen. And she did just that. She took easy classes, and her grade point average is going back up. Okay. Because last semester. I'm mad at one her counselor, and I'm mad at the person that told her not to drop this class. After I told her, I said, Trina, if you want to drop it, drop the class. Yeah. Because yeah. she took, and keep in mind, she still has some learning challenges. And you know your math and science is not when you're strong, but you're taking anatomy, taking chemistry. You're taking, mm. um, was it biology? And then it was, I think she took five courses, but her major was biology and chemistry. Who? And they write my, first of all, anatomy by itself will blow your mind. Then you got chemistry and biology on top of that? No, that's just too much. And her counselor should have not, those classes should have been spaced out. So last semester, I had a biopsychology class. And I was like, oh, this should be easy. No, ma'am. When they got in there and started talking about the nuclei and the atom, I was like. <laughs> Why am I taking this course? This is not what I want to do. I politely got on to my, um, my course manager. I was like, hey, we going to replace this with another class because but i know trina doesn't want to doesn't want to disappoint myself and her grandparents mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, baby, long as you long as y'all know you have a plan and you work this yeah. plan. Like when she said, Well, mama going to basic. I said, So do you drop on it? She said, No, I'm taking a semester off. I'm gonna go to basic at AIT. I'm going back. I got four semesters complete before I get so I can get commissioned as an officer. And then and but she said, But I only got when I get out of basic, I have two semesters left of school, but I have four four semesters before I get commissioned. And she said it. So for me, and it, but it didn't compute to her that she had to be in school for four semesters. She couldn't do two and two and yeah. four. So I was I repeated it to her. This is still part of the learning challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, don't repeat it to her so she can hear what she was saying. And she was like, wait, oh, I got to spread this out. I said, yeah. yeah, you got it. Yeah, absolutely. But that's part of how she processed and becomes a learning challenge, mm-hmm. even in, at an adult. And we have to understand there's a lot of us adults out there that need to admit that, no, we don't process things. Like somebody will look at me and they'll tell me something. I'm just looking at them. And they'd be like, I said, I'm just processing what you're telling me. Yeah. In my mind, and I might it might not hit me until later on this evening. That's why it tells us not to um, make quick decisions. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to process all the pros and cons of whatever whatever work you're doing in class, whatever mm-hmm. make decision, major, small, medium decision you're gonna make. You got to do those things. But um, with when you go back to the thing of what else did I do? That was my outlet. I'm not one. I may have stepped out, but I'm not one to go out. Um, I don't like a lot of crowds. Um, and then after being out among people for a long time, I like to go back into my show, yeah. which my daughter's like that too. Mm-hmm. She likes to be by herself. So I get it. Yeah. Um, so I, I may have rubbed off on that part. So that's how I dealt with it. A lot of it was prayer and, and was prayer. And she'll tell you, you don't drink as, you don't drink wine like you used to. I said, I don't, I don't need it. Even if I think I need it right now, I just think the Lord was like, no, you don't want it. You don't, that's not, that's not my calling for you at this time in your life. You know, I think, um, I think our schools, I, I can only speak for South Carolina schools. I don't know what the rest of the schools are like in the nation, but I think we're still kind of stuck in the traditional way of learning. I, it took me to become an adult to realize that me sitting down, if you give me six chapters to read, I am not going to do well reading this. And then you want me to write a paper. Okay. Because my mind will go off to the left, to the right. I got to do this. I got to cook. I got to clean it up. Uh, all this stuff. I am the type of person I learn best through seeing and doing. I learned just about everything I know how to do from watching YouTube. That's the easiest way for me to learn. But for me to sit down with a book and have to read it for hours on end, that's just not going to work. And then as an, uh, as an adult educator and taking, going through classes and courses and getting licensed and that, it'll tell you there's different ways, even as children, that you have to teach them because everybody is not, everybody's not, a, like you said, traditional where they're going to sit and read a book. First of all, I'm not that person. Nope. I need a book to read to me. And then with learning, I can watch someone. I don't really always have to do, I can watch them. The words when I just watch with watch with their hands and do it, and I I can duplicate it. Yeah, yep. I do that a lot. Um, so I, I'm a, what they consider I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. I can say that about myself. And I realize sitting in the classroom, there's a lot of people that. And then, of course, when you look at what you do for life, you know, like okay, if I'm, visual learners are real creative or hands on, mm-hmm. hands on. Um, they, they're not real that technical. I'm not. Even when it comes to technical terms, I'm like what. I get confused. I get yeah. my brain becomes 
put things together. So I have to understand our children learn some a lot of times our children learn a lot like how we learn. Yeah. Um and is she visual? No, she can sit, she's visual, but then also in order for me to learn, I gotta have stuff on in the background. And people don't understand that. I have to have a TV, so um a movie or a TV going playing, and I can be sitting there doing my work and people are like, How are you not distracted? I have to have some yeah. type of noise. Yeah. And my daughter is the same way. Okay. Yeah. And I picked that up. Like she you like she can have music playing, something in her ears, TV on music playing, and she's doing her work. People like she's getting us and she get the work done quicker that way Wait, than if it's quiet. quiet. Because yeah. think about when it's quiet, your brain is because her brain is not always focused on one, it's just a whole bunch of thoughts and yeah. things. Oh, I need to do this. Like you said, I be thinking, I can be riding down a road listening to a thing. I'm like have a whole thought pattern about something else. Now mm-hmm. the biggest areas place for me to really focus is in the shower. I don't know why. I can think about one thing and I need a whole board in there so I can write on my board. I don't know where the line I guess here in my office is where I get most things done. Yeah, I think that I think that's it. But um so what words of encouragement can you give to a mom that may be experiencing the same situation with their child and trying to navigate the life of having a child with a learning challenge. Um, be um, patience. Be patient with them. That is the best thing. Be patient with them. Because when you get frustrated, your child gets frustrated. When you become anxious, your child becomes anxious. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times yelling is not the answer um, when it comes to learning challenges or dealing with who they are as a person. And then know your, learn your child. Your child is not you and you're not your child. And your child is not yeah. someone else, someone else's child. They're their own individual. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I will definitely, I know that I will definitely have to do that. I will have to probably look into getting a tutor simply for the fact that the way that they taught us math is not the way that they're teaching these kids math today. So I don't want to, while I may know the answer to a math problem that Corey has, I don't want to confuse her with me doing math the way I learned, which is drastically different than the way she's being taught at school. I don't want to confuse her. So I will definitely have to look into having a tutor for her when that time comes. I think that'd be easier for the both of us. And as a mom, you just understand that we don't have to do it all. Sometimes we think we have to do it all for our children. It's okay. Hang up the cake and let somebody else in. Help you. Yeah, that is, um, that is a struggle with me. I, I want to do um, all the things. And just like you said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, I can. You I say use wisdom. Yeah, I just, um, I had to realize I just can't do all the things all at the same time, which I really think that if I could, it'd be great. But I, I can't do all the things all at the same time. So before we go, I'm starting something new called a lightning round, Quantisa. Block. <laughs> so I am going to ask you three questions and you just give me the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. Oh, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me with this one. Oh, it's not that. They will oh, be no. very, very simple questions. Seek you first off. <laughs> it will be very, very simple. Oh, my Lord. You said one word? Okay. One word. Um, food. Sushi. Favorite color. Purple. Um, 
I know I should have the questions <laughs> together, but I don't. <laughs> um, favorite name brand. Yeah, I went there. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, but you thought I was gonna say Gucci, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I thought would. she was gonna say Gucci. I would, but I was like, nope, because that's what she expected me to say. <laughs> I thought she was gonna say Gucci. There's a really nice Gucci person though here on the end of the table. One of these days, I'm gonna get me one. Mm-hmm. I'm selling. I'm selling one. Not that one. <sighs> anyway, so villagers, this is the end of today's episode, and like I tell you all the time, I hope that you learned something from it. I know I did. And if nobody else has told you today, I love you and I will talk to you the next time. Bye. Hey, y'all, I have an offer for you. I have suffered with acne and hyperpigmentation for most of my life, and it really did a number on my self-esteem. So I recently started using Glow Melanin products on my face to help lighten acne scars and reduce my hyperpigmentation. I must tell you that I really love it. I wash my face nightly with the turmeric brightening soap, then follow up with my regular skincare routine. I also use the turmeric dark spot remover scrub two times a week, and I can definitely see and feel a difference. The products are gentle, paraben-free, vegan, and it smells amazing. So if you want to try it out, go to glowmelanin.com. That is spelled G-L-O-M-E-L-A-N-I-N.com and use the promo code Natasha. 19305. That is Natasha19305. Hey, thank you for listening to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. That helps other moms just like me and you find the show so we can build our village. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the village underscore ME. Plus, we can keep the conversation going on Facebook with the Village Motherhood Edition Facebook group. Talk to you soon. Bye.